300, and that's why we're uh, pleased to bring it to you here today. The basic concept is to take underutilized city property uh, that is off the tax rolls, bring it back onto the tax rolls, and redevelop this into what will become a, a thriving uh, area uh, that we think it's frustrating for many of us to see uh, these developments going on in the counties, great neighbors, the counties. Uh, but if you go out to Short Pump Mall, people are going out there because there's residential, commercial, and retail all within walking distance uh, in a thriving neighborhoods, which ought to be here uh, in the city center. Uh, we think that was the genius of the mayor's RFP, uh, and uh, that's what we were trying to uh, react to. So there are many benefits. I know this is, I heard your admonitions, uh, Mr. Chairman, at the beginning, what your, the role of the commission is. Uh, so I won't talk about all the other uh, great uh, attributes that we think are uh, consistent with the plan, but it does bring greater connectivity uh, to the city. We're, we're restoring a couple of the streets, uh, walking, making it back, turning it back into a walking neighborhood. Uh, the GRTC, uh, we're actually going to have a transfer station. I know, I don't know why we call it a transfer station, uh, but the, the extra the long block in front of the public safety building. Uh, we will have a uh, elegant, uh, functioning, uh, actual, actual transfer center for folks uh, taking public transportation. It will be out of the weather on a day like today or when it's cold uh, with uh, amenities. It takes uh, great respect, we think, for the city's historic assets, specifically the Blues Armory, which will be a city-owned piece of property which will be restored entirely with uh, private funding. Uh, and uh, obviously there's an opportunity for the city, the citizens of the city of Richmond to participate this in all aspects of it. And I very much appreciate the uh, enormous amount of work that the city staff has put into this project and all the, the uh, time that you all uh, have given to it uh, on your dockets. And we're grateful for your close attention to it. Uh, we su obviously support the city's staff's recommendation. We urge you to uh, vote and pass this along to the city council. With that, I'm happy to answer any questions. I hope I haven't violated any of your protocols, Mr. Chairman. You did fine. Thank you, Mr. Farrell. Any questions from members of the commission for Mr. Farrell? Thank you very much for Thank your you help and your presentation. It's okay with Mr. Hallmark to come yes, forward? Yes, sir. Thank you. Mr. Mr. Chairman and members of the commission, my name is Michael Hallmark. Um, I want to um, set up some of the discussion that uh, Ms. Mullen's going to have specifically about the ordinances, but this is it's not a, uh, an easy project to explain, and we have to kind of create some, some good graphic support for that. Um, so as Mr. Farrell said, um, you know, this, is, this is a very important picture to understand, because what happened once upon a time is um, the city that did have uh, connected streets, that did have uh, thriving blocks and neighborhoods and uh, walkable connected areas uh, uh, did this to itself. Uh, it turned those blocks into super blocks. It created basically what we would consider to be a suburban arena into downtown. Um, that's not an easy thing to undo. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of the questions that we've been asked uh, when we've been out into the community is couldn't this area evolve organically like Scott's Edition or Manchester evolve organically? And the answer is that that's not possible because this area doesn't have uh, the infrastructure to do that. And if it did, it would already be uh, evolving that way. So our planning goals from the beginning of our response to the RFP were, were first of all to restore Richmond street grid to a system that could be developed, that could put these properties back into play. 
then to organize those streets, those city-owned streets, all of them are city-owned streets and land parcels, but organize those into, into parcels that then could be developed by the private sector and put those properties back on the tax rolls. We would then purchase these properties that were created by the plan um, and then turn those into uses that were asked for in the RFP from, from November of 2017. Um, in addition to that, uh, restoring some of the historic uh, neglected buildings, there's two of them within the, within the Navy Hill plan, the Blues Armory and the Richmond Garage. Uh, and ultimately, and I want to, I'm going to spend a few minutes on this because I know that's kind of, that's really the charge of the Planning Commission is to be focused on these kind of public realm uh, open space issues. I want to um, emphasize some of our own core planning elements for the development. Um, first and foremost, capturing new urban real estate for development and new city revenue. Uh, introducing a permanent and vibrant resident community to, to city center, activating its streets and engaging in local commerce. Planning for interdependent blocks and sub-districts that support a well-conceived and connected master plan. Designing, managing, and programming complete streets, plazas, memorable civic spaces on which they converge as a public destination in support of existing commercial districts. Developing individual improvements, both large and small, to create a consistent street frontage of more intimate pedestrian scale and different uses, textures, material, and sizes. Creating a mix of buildings whose architectural styles, materials, textures, and uses stimulate visual interest, yet uphold a consistent quality and remnant uh, that is complementary to one another. Beginning new life to the Blues Armory through adaptive reuse and by surrounding it with active programs in an urban neighborhood where its unique heritage will be respected. Promoting sustainable systems throughout services and lifestyles that reduce dependence on the automobile through mixed use planning, pedestrian accessibility, and mass transit. And then finally, accentuating the clear advantages of urban neighborhoods and urban living which can be exciting, sophisticated, energetic, holistic, eclectic, and vibrant. Finally, um, in terms of core principles, these are your own core principles for the Pulse Corridor, um, and we certainly endorse these, adopt them. These are, these are uh, uh, foundational core principles in all cities, and we respect those and uh, uh, want to see these um, engaged. And these are, these are core principles that we've been talking to your own planning department for some time now. Um, first and foremost, in order to develop anything, there has to be infrastructure that supports that kind of development. Uh, this area does not have that. It's been dramatically altered. It's beyond uh, the resources of one-off development. So when we talk generally about organic development in places like Scott's Edition, that's because those streets are already there. Those parcels are already defined. Uh, there's, in fact, an inventory of old buildings that can be adapted by breweries and other businesses. We don't have any of that here. We have to invent the property to develop itself. Uh, these parcels simply don't exist anymore. The core, the core spine of the Navy Hill plan is Clay Street. Clay Street is, if this were an electrical circuit, you'd see it's broken in several places, and, and once that connection is broken, it really doesn't function in the way it's supposed to function. And we have a, a number of those kinds of breaks in Clay Street. Um, in one instance, between 9th and 10th, there's a building that sits on top of Clay Street. Uh, between 7th and 8th, there's a ramp that goes down to a tunnel that exists between 5th and 7th. So this is, this is far and away opposite from all of the uh, core planning principles that the City of Richmond respects and wants to see implemented. 
This diagram represents properties uh, as they exist now, um, with the blue line around them, and in properties that are part of these ordinances. So uh, Ms. Mullen will take you through these block by block, uh, describe the changes that we, we are proposing to make, but you'll see that what we're proposing to do is to reinvent city-owned property that is now not producing any benefit to the city, organizing that in a way that will produce benefit. That yields um, our core Navy Hill plan, uh, ground-level retail and commercial uses at street level with transparency, holding corners, a hierarchy of, of uh, open space and green space throughout. Um, here's an example. I'm just going to do one block, and Ms. Mullen will have some others that she can share with you. But if you look at the blue line around this particular block, this is a parking garage that is now owned by the city and will continue to be owned by the city. What we're doing is reorganizing the real estate around it. Uh, the blue line represents something that's completely um, unusable. So if you were to send an appraiser out there and say, tell us what this land is worth, he'd come back and say, what land are you talking about? There's no land there. There's a garage and then some trees planted around it. Uh, so what we've done, created the property, created value, and now the proposal is to purchase that and develop it. Um, we just want to walk you through a couple of key uh, public spaces because we know that's one of your charges here on the commission. Um, this is a hierarchy of, of plazas, parklets, linear parks, um, and uh, pedestrian experiences that go from all the way from, from Fifth Street uh, to the VCU Health Systems campus. It's highlighting a couple of those. This is um, the street between Fifth and Seventh. Uh, we're seeing this as a, a flexible street that would mostly be uh, a functioning street for cars shared with people and bikes. Uh, on occasion, it would become uh, a, a public plaza. We're calling it a surge plaza. So rather than do what the Coliseum did once upon a time, which was to develop a permanent open plaza for crowds, which mostly sits empty and unenergized, we would, we would have a, an interchangeable street that could become that. Fortunately, Clay Street's not, uh, it's not a used street right now, so this makes a whole lot of sense. This is not a street that you know, would, would affect traffic in any way. Here are a few before and after sections of each of these areas. So on the right, this is uh, looking west uh, toward the convention center on, on Clay Street. Coliseum's on the right, uh, the Coliseum Plaza in front, and then the Blues Army on the left. After development, new arena, uh, an appropriately sized Clay Street, uh, hotel, and connections through a hyphen to the Blues Armory to the left. Um, this now looks north on 7th Street, existing Coliseum on the left, existing parking garage on the right, uh, a very large uh, plaza and 7th Street. Uh, wrapping those uses with residential uh, allows us to have a, a normal street, this kind of street that we find uh, elsewhere in, in, in the downtown area. Another blow-up area this to look at um, between 7th and 9th. This represents also uh, what Mr. Farrell referred to as the GRTC transfer station. We're calling it a transit center. We like that term better. It, it, it describes a more permanent relationship bringing people to downtown uh, on, on mixed transit modes. Um, but here you see a regularized street with uh, the kind of pedestrian streetscape amenities that you would expect to find. Again, before and after sections, the Marshall Courthouse on the left, um, a somewhat undefined Clay Street that dips down into a parking lot on the right. 
here we see um, uh, how that street gets transformed by energizing at least one side of the street, the street that we can affect, which is um, the new transfer station and development on top of that. And a couple of final sections. Um, uh, next to uh, the health systems campus, we have, we have blocks between 9th and 10th. Um, we're, here we're uh, transitioning between uh, some of the lovely pedestrian spaces that exist at Court End and the Valentine Museum, uh, wider sidewalks, and so we're creating um, what we're calling a linear park um, in that block just to the west of it. And that uh, this, these are images that represent the kind of treatments that linear parks can do to certain kinds of areas. We obviously aren't trying to hide a parking lot. We're going to be actually you're just creating a, a broader, more inviting way to get to the court end area. And then finally, working, work, working with the VCU folks, um, how we transition into their uh, campus and their facility. They're creating a larger and more, and more improved, uh, warmer, friendlier McGuire Park, which creates a really nice terminus for our whole uh, pedestrian spine. Uh, this is their recently published uh, image of McGuire Park in their in their master plan. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Ms. Mullins. First, are there any questions for Mr. Hallmark? No, sorry. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Ms. Mullen, welcome. Thank you, Mr. Poole. Members of the Planning Commission, I'm Jennifer Mullen. We just have a few more things to go through, as you can see. <laughs> While this is loading, I'm Jennifer Mullen on behalf of the NH District Corporation. I appreciate staff's uh, presentation as well, and, and also appreciate your all's time and your work sessions as well as on the walking tour. So I'm going to walk you through uh, the specific ordinances just to piggyback off of what Mr. Hallmark had provided. Um, and just to give you a, a visual as you are coming in. So as you think about our walking tour and you're coming in off of, off of Fifth Street, off of the exit, you don't, you don't see any of those core design principles that were talked about in the Pulse Corridor Plan and discussed at length by this commission. You don't see any of the transparency, um, particularly on the, on the Coliseum side. You see uh, unusable open space. You see an obsolete Coliseum. And so to take these text amendments that we're providing and to take the rezoning components and to build upon that with the master plan that you have before you is what, is what we're going to talk about today. So again, I'm going to walk you through the overall ordinances and happy to ask any, answer any questions as we go through the details. I'm going to blend them all together um, because I think it's important that as we talk about how one surpluses this block A, how we create it and then what we do with it. Because it's not just about surplusing, it's about how we're using it and particularly for this commission, how we use it in accordance with the planning tenants that this commission has moved forward, not only with the Pulse Corridor Plan, but previously with the downtown plan and before that even the master plan. 
And this is to achieve the positive activity that we've seen in other parts of the city that have, that have created all of the headlines in the newspapers and the magazines, but this section of downtown has not seen any of that. And that is what, that is what this proposal is about. It's about creating that ground plane. So here, again, as you're coming in off of 95 and you're heading south, this is, again, if you recall on our walking tour, the visual. So people are going very fast. There's a lot of movement on the cars, but not a lot of movement inside the uh, plaza areas there. So A1, this is your first paper. So this is 2019-213, and this is declared this portion of the property surplus. So it's only A1. It does not exist currently. So we are going to, as the developer requirements in, in all of these documents here, we have to create those by combining various parcels together and then creating and consolidating these lots so that you create not only A1, but you create A2 and A3, as well as F1B, which is below. And I think that's the key. So if you think about what we are creating at the ground plane, it's not just the buildings, it's the streets. So you're creating the streets that Mr. Hallmark was talking about in order to create that infrastructure, to create that vibrancy that comes along with it. Because without it, you don't get that opening in the front. You end up with the open space that exists today, which is what we're trying to change. So again, thinking about the change in opportunities for both the pedestrian, the tourists, the people who live there, who work there, who want to come and watch a basketball game. So again, as, as he mentioned, we have a broken section of the street. This only comes with the development. So this comes with the first section of A. So if you think about, as we were out there and we looked to the east, this is Clay Street. This is what is going to exist because we are going to create it. So you're going to take sections of both 5th and 7th, and you're going to straighten them out, and you're going to create that area of Clay Street that right now you have going down into the tunnel. If This, this is this area. This area here is the tunnel going down. So looking, I'm um, standing at the intersection of what will become Block C and Block D. So going down in the tunnel area itself. Again, taking this space and this space and turning it into that, that usable ground plane that exists. So you can see not only do we have the right size street um, that is provided in the cross section, but you have the sidewalks, you have the street trees, you have the amenities that make this what is described not only in the Pulse Corridor Plan and the Downtown Plan, but now is becoming required under the text amendment of the CM District. So moving on to the, to the next block. And the reason I'm walking through each of these because now we're moving into the surplusing for those private parcels. So again, we have to create the parcels in order to declare them surplus, in order to sell them pursuant to the terms of the um, purchase and sale agreement, which is an, that is a, that is an exhibit to the development agreement. And there's been a couple of questions through our work sessions as to what, what does that mean? That means before you can move forward with the purchase of these parcels, you have to have all the conditions precedent to the bond closing, which is only for the arena construction to have been met. And that means that all of the tenants that we have talked about in the past and all the requirements for each of these development parcels have been achieved before you move forward with it. That means that you have to have a certain number of parcels ready to go so that you have that critical mass, so that you have that activity that Mr. Hallmark just described in the, in the development area. So Block B is a great example. He showed that to you earlier. So again, the red is areas that are being closed. That then turns into the ground plane. So you've got the transparency at the ground level. You've got your buildings to the street. You have that interaction. You're taking a space that is currently used for surface parking um, and a tunnel, and you're going to turn that into an active street frontage, and you're going to wrap those parking decks 
This is the box C currently. So if you think about that again, you've got surface parking around. You dip down into a surface parking lot. And then you're going to take a section of Clay Street and close it as we right-size Clay Street and turn that into a developable parcel. This becomes a GRTC Transit Center. This, again, is a, is a requirement pursuant to the purchase and sale agreement as you take down this block to ensure that those pieces are in place in order, in order to make this development achieve what we have provided in the master plan itself. And this is the um, Block D. So I'm, I'm looking north. Um, of towards Block D, you've got the new the new Clay Street, which you can imagine, um, just in between those two shelters, and actually physically blocked by the building currently. So that building would come down, um, and you can see where the existing transfer plaza is with the bus there. Um, so that becomes Clay Street. You can see on the note on the bottom. Then you have Block D. So again, it's not just about selling and surplusing the properties, but it's about the use. It's about what we are doing with them and how that benefits the city. And for the Planning Commission, that benefits the city in a number of ways, and particularly with respect to the Pulse Corridor plan tenants in order to create that vibrancy, in order to create something that you'd want to walk down. This is 6th Street, which currently dead ends into um, the former remnants of the 6th Street Marketplace. This is 6th Street on the opposite side, looking at it from the newly uh, reopened Clay Street. Again, this just shows you a visual. So, again, another example of we have to create these parcels in order to declare them surplus and to move forward under the purchase and sale agreement. And these parcels are not just the development parcels. These parcels are the parcels that become the dedication of the right-of-ways under the right-of-way um, agreement and the, the portions of the, the ordinance that are for you under the 219-215. So again, here you have 6th Street in the center is your green area, your ground plane on both sides, so wrapped by your residential. On the opposite side, you have, you're taking this down. That becomes the pedestrian 6th Street with your residential wrap on the left, your renovated Blues Armory with private dollars on the right-hand side, and you're reopened. This is your cross-section just to give you a sense um, for 6th Street. Um, F has multiple parcels. Again, this is another instance of uh, reconfiguring these parcels. And so we're going to consolidate those in order to create the convention hotel. And so one of the requirements under this parcel to be taken down um, is that we have to have a room block agreement. So we have to have a room block agreement with the convention center authority so that they can go out and get those bigger conventions and bring more people into downtown who are not only going to stay at the convention hotel, not only eat in the restaurants, shop in the shops, but do that all over the city. So bringing people back into the back into downtown who would otherwise be going to other cities from a tourist standpoint um, and using what is the existing Blues Armory. This gets renovated, again, pursuant to requirements of the master plan into a grocery store on the ground level, a, a smaller music club on the second level and the third floor becomes the ballroom space um, that is attached to the convention hotel itself. All pursuant to standards, again, another requirement under the purchase and sale agreement of the um, historic standards by which we need to, to renovate and preserve the armory itself. This just gives you a, a bird's eye view of what the transformation would be. Again, when we were out there on our walking tour, you, you, could, you could feel the energy as you looked towards it and imagined what, what would be um, developed pursuant to the requirements of the master plan. 
Um, again, you've got the newly reopened Clay Street is the hatching on the top. Um, this is the current Department of Social Services block, and that becomes um, a two-story um, availability for retail um, with residential on the top. One of the requirements of this is that we have to relocate the Department of Social Services pursuant to the terms of the development agreement. These are the blocks south of Broad. So this was one of the questions that we was asked earlier. This is a surface parking lot currently. This is at Broad and between 4th and 5th Street. And again, you've got a Pulse Corridor um, station immediately in the middle of this block. I think the pointer is working, but basically where that arrow is on the top, that is a Pulse Corridor station. Um, so you're going to, again, have ground plane retail um, with the second, the above stories um, being residential or office on that block. Here you have Block U. So this is one of the, the blocks that the um, actual tax map number was missing. However, in the map, it shows it as an, in, in its entirety. This has the Richmond, historic Richmond garage on it, which you can see in the, the lower left-hand corner. Again, pursuant to the terms of the development agreement and the purchase and sale for this block, you have to preserve that, um, that historic facade. Again, just trying to get to your, to your place of how, how do you develop it? What are the, what are the tenants that go into it? And not only the tenants, but what are the regulations? And that gets into the, the expanded Coliseum Mall District, as well as the text amendment to the Coliseum Mall District. Um, in our first work session, we talked about the fact that the Coliseum Mall District, obviously that's the dark pink, that hasn't changed much since its 1970, um, introduction of the ordinance, uh, however much has changed both along the Pulse Corridor plan and in Richmond, and so trying to bring those regulations uh, forward to the present, and the staff did a great job of outlining the differences um, both between the Coliseum Mall district itself as well as B4, so everything that is hatched in the, in the pink and white, so B, C, D, I, and a portion of E and F, those are currently zoned B4. So that is similar to, to the rest of downtown. But what we wanted to do was make sure that pursuant to this master plan, which this is the master plan development, which is why you get the reconnected street grids, why you get the development pursuant to the master plan itself, so that you know how the parcels are cohesively developed together, that then those regulations all tie in, so that you have the, the prohibition on surface parking lots, you have the ability to have residential throughout the district, again, on um, in, in particular on A2, uh, as well as E in the district, as well as some of the the newer um, the newer commercial uses that, that tie into the TOD district designation, um, that also implements under the ordinance 218 to have the street oriented commercial and the priority street frontage again to make sure that we are identifying those streets that we are going to have as our pedestrian oriented streets, meaning no curb cuts through those streets. Um, you have the transparency on multiple levels. Again, just thinking about it from a signage standpoint, that's another amendment to it to add additional signage. So the orange shows the area around the arena that you would have additional signage for the arena as well as additional signage within the district so that that becomes, that becomes a, a place and you know that you're in the district that allows for additional sponsorship opportunities in addition and we want to make sure that we are um, maintaining the tenant signage for the tenants since we uh, hope to have multiple tenants within each building again to break up the, the building massing as well as to have um, as many local tenant opportunities as possible within the development. So you can see here in orange, those are the, the larger um, sponsorship signs. The, the 
purple represent the tenant signage itself. And that just gives you a sense of scale. So on an overall matter, again, this is all of these ordinances working together are, and you have in your, in your packet, and I have them on the slide, but all these ordinances working together are talking about taking existing right-of-way, we're going to shrink up some right-of-way to make it right-size the street, make your street grid straight again, dedicating a significant portion of right-of-way, dedicating easement areas, and that all ties into, um, the, again, the tenants of the Pulse Corridor Plan, the Downtown Plan, and then the text amendment then piggybacks off of that, not just talking about those six tenants, but those are written into the text of the ordinance. Those require plans of development for the development that is going to occur here, requires that fenestration level, as well as um, permitting the additional primary uses as we have discussed. So with that, I would be happy to answer any questions. I respectfully request that you recommend approval for all of the ordinances to City Council as it moves through the process. Questions from members of the commission for Ms. or our presenter? I have a quick question. To staff as well, just kind of clarification, because I do feel we've hyper-focused on the area around the Coliseum, and just for my own clarity, have N and U been part of the original package, the entire ordinance? Yes, they have. And they are, and within the ordinances, are they, with you being at the end that's on the uh, Pulse Corridor, so it has the zoning associated with Broad Street. That's correct. It is directly on Broad Street, yes. Okay. And then you, do that, are there any ordinances or specifications related to that property that are different than the existing zoning that's there? Oh, so those parcels will stay the existing zoning, um, and so, but they do have the, the requirements for in, for you in particular with respect to the facade around the, the historic Richmond garage. And so the, the development would need to need to meet those criteria, and then the master plan governs the development on the blocks themselves. Okay. And then is the intent of that development to be at the tail end of development, or is it desi designed to be a part of the larger development, even as the Coliseum hits triggers? It, it is part of the five-year plan. It is in what we call sequence two, so it is in the, the second sequence of the development. Um, we decided to keep the Coliseum Mall District all on the north of Broad for, for that, because that dealt primarily um, keep all the signage components on the north of Broad section, and then N and U were able to develop it pursuant to the, the B4 standards in accordance with the master plan to help govern that section. So we didn't have a disparate two blocks of, of Coliseum Mall. Okay. And so, and this may be for staff, so if that, especially the use site, which has a pretty large parcel, um, does that have a, does that come through with a POD for review to staff prior to approval? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Great. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. Mr. Hep Buchanan. I'm just dovetailing on Mr. Murthy's uh, questions. Will any of the um, street design elements of Clay Street or any of the other public right-of-way come back before Planning Commission as location, character, and extent, or will this be sort of the last time that we see any of this? There will be elements that will come back before location, character, and extent. I probably need to defer to Mr. Kara on the specific components. This is in accordance with the complete streets package, so portions of them I think could be administratively approved because it ties specifically into those pieces. Um, I think particularly around the um, 6th Street, 
as well as the new Clay Street. I think that area will end up coming back before the Urban Design Committee and ultimately the Planning Commission because they tie into the arena and to the Blues Armory themselves. Mr. Kara, how are you? Good afternoon. M. Kara from Department of Public Works. Yes, it will come back because location, character, and extent, those are detailed design features that needs to come back to Planning Commission for approval. This is only taking action on ordinance number 13 to so-and-so for dedication and location. Okay, and that includes Lee Street as well? Excuse me? Does that include Lee Street as well, or is Lee Street separate? From All the major features on the streets, streetscape, they will come back. Okay. Whether it's a 5th Street, 7th Street, if we make any changes, including Clay, Lee Street, they will be part of it. Okay, thank you. I have one more question for Ms. Mullen. Please proceed. Um, what, what is the current status of the relocation of the Department of Social Services, and what does that process look like? Sure. Um, so the Department of Social Services has had in their, their master plan to, re, to consolidate, and they've been looking for spaces. We have been um, trying to assist with that and have currently been unable to find a, a fit. We are still working with them on that. I don't have a, a specific location right now, but in the documents themselves, it requires us to continue to pursue it. It's obviously very much in our interest um, in order to find them a, a new home because of our desired development for Block I. Um, that said, we are working for a location within downtown, and the interim CAO may have more details that she can share with you, but the documents do not allow us to take down that block. We cannot purchase that block until that lease has been has been um, executed, and they are they are moving forward in, in their move to find them the home that they want to have. Thank you, Ms. Greenfield. There's a follow-up question, but the Department of Social Services will be required to stay downtown. Correct? It will be downtown. Yes. Okay. Other members of the commissioners have questions? I do have one. Yes, sir. In uh, 214, we're asking to amend and add 0008-001, 609 East Gray Street. Would you show us that, please? I don't know that I have a parcel map up. Uh, can you pull up the parcel mapper? So it, it has multiple addresses. Got it. I, I see where it is now. That, that's very helpful. I just needed to know exactly where it was. Yes, sir. I'm sorry I didn't have that handy. Thank you very much. Any other questions from members of the commission? Thank you very much for your Thank presentation. You. I will now open the public hearing and ask if there's any member of the public who wishes to comment 
with respect to the ordinances before remembering that we're discussing the six ordinances that are predominantly declaring property surplus, conveyances, street, street changes, and rezonings. Please proceed. If you would, give us your name. Thank you. My name is Charles Willis. I live and reside in the 8th District of the City of Richmond. Uh, those that may know that on the commission, first of all, and those that I haven't seen before, it's good to see you. It's good to be before you. I do want to share that uh, I come in support of all of the ordinances that are presented before you today. I have a number of reasons why I don't want to be able to explain all. Is that Mr. Law standing? Mr. Law, it's good to see you, one of my great mentors. My apologies for that. It's good to see you, sir. Um, with that being said, I do want to share with the commission, I am one that is a native and, uh, resident of Richmond and grew up in Richmond. One of the things and one of the reasons why I support the Navy Hill Project and why I see the vision is I'm reminded that people will perish without a vision. I'm honored that the commission is even entertaining the fact that we're looking at a vision like this. As a young man growing up in the city of Richmond, walking across the viaduct that we didn't have bridges then, being swung back and forth to get over to the other side from Mosby Court to the downtown. It was once that I believed that downtown from where I lived and where I could look out my front door was New York City. And the reason why I thought it was New York City was because New York was described to me as tall buildings. So the only thing I could see out of our front door of Mosby Court on Mosby Street were tall buildings. I once believed that the church that sit on, I believe it's Little Page Street, I called that church hill because the church sit on top of the hill. And that was the vision as a young man that I saw. But then I saw another vision also, and that was to believe that if we could achieve it, if we could believe it, then we could achieve it. And here today I see a project, a development that is brought before us in Richmond, that it took a, a leadership of Richmond, such as you all and our mayor and other council members, that said, if we don't stand for something, we'll fall for anything. The Coliseum was built back in the 70s, I believe, but one of the first things I saw was a bunch of folks standing uh, in line to go into that particular tall building that looked like a spaceship to me as a young man. And when I looked at the marquee and read up, it said Elvis. Later, as I got older, I got a chance to attend a concert at the Coliseum, and it said the Jackson Five, not the Jacksons. That same facility sits there today. So as a resident of Richmond and a community advocate and leader uh, in my community, I share with folks that I'm not interested in seeing a Coliseum built. I believe that Richmond is ready for an arena. It's not about the sports, it's about a lot of other things that can be brought into Richmond. And I conclude with this. One of the things I found out is that we in Richmond have always embarked on large developments like this, and we invite everybody else in to be a part of it. But I see this development being ownership of Richmond, Virginia. The word says, God bless the child that got his own. It's about time we have our own. And with that, those that challenge the development, I've been asking, if not this, then what do you have to present? And with that being said, I, I yield whatever time is left, but I do want to share with the commission that I support what has been brought forward. I don't promote anybody's own personal agenda. This is from the heart of this young man you see standing right here. 
and I would ask that the commission would support the ordinances and that are being brought forward and those that are being brought forward as we continue to embark on what a great project is being presented to us today for City of Richmond to move forward. Thank you, Mr. Thank you, Mr. Chair, Mr. Willis. For me Appreciate it. Any Thank questions you. for Mr. Willis? Thank you so much. Thank you. Mr. Chairman, members of the Commission, I'm Jack Berry, President of the Richmond Region Tourism, and we're here to support these ordinances. Uh, this program is transformational. Just recently, the Greater Richmond Convention Center Authority commissioned a future study of how to take our destination to the next level. The majority of the study came back and said, you have got to have a headquarter hotel. All our competitive destinations have headquarter hotels that are connected to the convention center, and this is the missing link to take us up higher. We've lost 49,000 room nights in the last year of conventions that want to come here but cannot do it because we do not have the hotel capacity. That equates to about a $10 million travel, and, uh, travel expenditure uh, economic impact. Also, it was mentioned in the presentation about this hotel agreement with the developer and with Richmond Region Tourism. These agreements are housing agreements whereby the city provides the developer tens of millions of dollars in incentives to get the hotel built. For example, Norfolk was over $110 million to the developer to build the main hotel for 300 rooms. This agreement has no incentives that are asked from the city. It's unheard of. I have over 10 studies on my desk of other competitive cities that have these incentives begging to have a hotel come, and the developer here is providing that with the hotel agreement. So we're in huge support for this. It's transformational. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Berry. Any questions for Mr. Berry? Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Hello, Mr. Chairman and Commission. My name is Wheat McDowell, and I'm the board chair for the Better Housing Coalition. And um, um, this proposal accomplishes a lot. It solves a lot of the city's problems and deals with a lot of the city's needs head on. Um, the biggest one, and the one we're most interested in, is the need for affordable housing in this city. Um, as you would expect, uh, a nonprofit Better Housing Coalition is vitally concerned about this issue. It's a huge issue for um, our region. Um, we've had 30 years of collaborating here in, in the city. Um, we're very proud to have developed 200 single-family units and 1,500 multifamily units, uh, half of which have been in the city proper. Um, the experts say that the need for affordable housing in this region is 10 times that in the coming decade. Um, um, I, I'd just like to say the need is huge. Um, Better Housing Coalition is very excited to participate um, in this project, which will include 600 units of affordable housing and 200 units of affordable housing that we can participate in, and we stand solidly in favor. Thank you for your time. Any questions for Mr. McKill? Thank you very much. Thanks. Good afternoon. Welcome. Good afternoon. Commissioner, Planning Commissioner, my name is Robert Jones. I'm the co-owner of Icon Commercial here in uh, Richmond. Um, I'm in support, and we are in support, of the ordinance here for, for this project. We do a lot of work in the city, 
as well as the county. And it's time that the city kind of step, step up a bit and provide a work-play community, live-work-play community for the city of Richmond. Personally, I've never seen a project that has so many benefits for the seller in the city and the city and the workforce and the citizens. It is also amazing that the private developer has to provide finances in place before they pull building permits. That speaks in volumes to what the project and how the project is uh, moving forward. I believe that this is a great deal for the city and the citizens of the greater Richmond area, and again, I'm in support of this project. Thank you, Mr. Jones. Any questions for Mr. Jones? Thank you. Any other members of the public that wish to speak? Yes, sir. Hello, I'm uh, Joshua Builder, and uh, I, uh, it looks like a very nice project. And I just want to go on record as saying that uh, some of my ideas that I submitted to the city were used for this project. And if uh, someone had called me and uh, asked me to sit down with them, I would have given them some more ideas. But uh, I just have a couple of questions. Um, where, where is everyone going to park while all this uh, construction is going on? You have uh, several thousand people in that area on any given day. Uh, some consideration and planning should be given to those people. And uh, there should be, uh, well, right now, I mean, I'm sure when you took the walking tour, you saw that there's uh, quite a bit of homeless people uh, living in between the Coliseum and uh, what's left of the Sixth Street Marketplace. So I think there, be, there should be some consideration in the plan uh, for those people as well. And, uh, you know, I'm like the other speakers here and uh, the people who are sitting in the room. I care about this city. I've done several projects in this city. I've worked with the city successfully. And um, I'm happy to see that something's going to be done. I'd also like to say that Navy Hill is a historically black neighborhood, and some uh, consideration should be paid to that history. Um, you know, it looks like everything is uh, very nice and clean and uh, brand new, but, uh, you know, when some of these structures were built, they did have meaning. And, um, you know, to tear some of them down and restart, I mean, there's something to be said for that, but I also think that uh, we should remember the history of this area. And, um, you know, hopefully, I'm hopeful as, uh, and, you know, hopefully the other people in the room are that this isn't another Sixth Street Marketplace. So, um, which, you know, if we had held on to it, maybe that would have worked out too at this point. But uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, thank you very much for letting me speak, and I uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any other members of the public wish to speak in favor of or in opposition to the six items before the commission? Yes, sir. Good afternoon, uh, Chairman and Planning Commission. My name is David Lambert. I'm a member of the, well, resident of the 3rd District, and my business is in the 3rd District, now I live in the 3rd District, and I'm totally for this project. Um, I'm a big sports guy, I referee basketball, and Richmond has become a major amateur sports hub over the last five years. A lot of the major athletes have come out of here, and one of the biggest things is to attract more of these amateur athletics, you need a venue like this. 
And if you remember the UVA versus Michigan State basketball game, when the ice capades happened, we lost a huge amount of money from that, and the city lost a lot as well. So we can never go back to that. So we need to build a new coliseum that will provide the necessary capacity to be able to compete in this region. We are one of the only regions or cities that has a city, a highway that goes through the city where the Coliseum will be a major landmark off the highway. One of the biggest things in real estate is location, location, location. Richmond City is the major center of the whole country, Mason-Dixon line. Everything comes right through that intersection. So we really need to get this Coliseum in play, kind of put down our fears, and the naysayers, we understand that. However, this is something that must happen. One, to create jobs, because I'm my business is in Jackson Ward, and every day some teenager asks me, Mr. Dave, can't get a job? What can I do? Well, hopefully we can build this Coliseum. We can provide apprenticeship programs, services, uh, grant programs for kids to, for, for training, and create jobs for these young people, their parents, and the community, with, so then they can live a better life, enjoy a Coliseum and then it helps build the whole neighborhood. So I'm for it. This is a great project. Hope we don't get in our own way <laughs> like we've done other projects. It doesn't compare to the six-year marketplace. You talk about apples and oranges. This is a capacity. This is a 17,000-seat arena that will bring so much to the city, especially from an from a, uh, athletic standpoint. So I yield my time, and uh, hopefully we all can agree on this one. Thank, Thank you. you, Mr. Lambert. Any other members of the uh, public wish to speak in favor of or in opposition to this matter, to these six items before the commission? Hearing none, I will close the public hearing, bring it back to the commission, and I'll set a couple of ground rules. I think I, I take the position that we need a motion and a second on any item before a discussion. So I'm just going to say, for purposes of discussion of the six items, let's get a motion on the first item and a second, and then we'll have a discussion on all six items, but then we'll take separate votes on all six items. I don't, if, if any commission member wants to split it up so that we individually ask about or speak to the individual ordinances, that's fine. But is there a motion for, is there a motion on the first item, 2019-213? Move to so approve. Second. second. I heard a multiplicity of <laughs> but I'm going to say that uh, Ms. Robertson made the motion and Mr. Johanna seconded it. Now we have discussion. Ms. Robertson, it's your motion. Thank you, um, Mr. Chair. Um, I first of all want to thank the staff, uh, our city staff, for the work that they've done to get us to this place. Thank the staff of the Planning Commission for the detailed report that you've provided um, and for the many meetings that we've had to go through this through this um, development. Um, and Mr. Chair, I want to commend you for your leadership uh, on the commission and keeping us a task uh, as it relates to the agenda items that are before us. Um, this is a significant uh, development for the city of Richmond 
and the Planning Commission's uh, action today is absolutely critical to us being able to have the necessary foundation for the Council to consider all of the additional um, development agreements and so forth that is attached to this development. Uh, one of the most critical components to this development and having an opportunity to move this development forward is for us to take action on the ordinances that are before us. And um, without the actual surplusing and conveying of properties as identified in the ordinance, um, we do not have the foundation that we need to even consider the rest of this deal. Uh, whereas I appreciate all of the uh, acclimates that have been made in support of it, uh, this is a critical step. And I uh, strongly support us moving forward and making an affirmative recommendation to Council to support the ordinance before us. Thank, Thank you, you, Ms. Robertson. Any other comments or discussion? Mr. Johannes? I'm going to try. I had um, anticipated saying a lot more. Hopefully I'll keep this pretty brief. Um, first of all, I want to thank um, the development team for coming to us and uh, putting together the scheme. I think it's a great scheme. It shows a lot of work, and it really shows, uh, I feel, an in-depth understanding of where the city sees itself going, um, definitely relative to the downtown master plan and the Pulse Corridor plan. And it's, uh, you know, really responsive that way. And I think it shows a, a vision for our city also. And I want to speak a few seconds on the vision because the vision for our city now is that we're, um, we're going to become an active, um, uh, vibrant downtown center city for the region. Uh, we're looking at increasing the population base. Um, the city has been working diligently on our planners in terms of upgrading our zoning around this area. We have a um, strong population of workers in the district, but we do have this sort of uh, flat zone of um, asphalt sitting in the middle of our city that sort of uh, is, is dead. And uh, when I walk the... Um, Walk, took the tour, and I appreciate the extra effort to have me be able to take the tour. I stood on the corner of, um, at um, 6th, in front of the Marriott, facing towards the National Theater, and really saw just a, a great vision, because uh, just behind me I had the Marriott, to the right I had the uh, Miller and Rhodes um, Hotel, Directly past that, we had the Carpenter Center. Right in front of me was the National Theater. And then you turn left and you look down to the space and you could see where this, this arena would be sitting. I saw the connection um, as the first block heading north. There's room for retail across from the Marriott. And then the arrival to the um, 6th Street, uh, the... Um, Blues building, the Blues Armory building. And um, it showed an area that was had incredible vibrance. It showed a response to the Arts District, which was also behind me, and how it could tie all that together. And I think that's just a, a great vision, a great way to be looking at our city to um, develop this area and 
just uh, feel that it was uh, the, the promise for success was so great. And for that reason, I feel that I, you know, I can't imagine that we wouldn't open the gates to provide uh, continuing down the road for uh, looking to approve this project. That covers it. <laughs> Mr. Murphy? Uh, just to carry forward conversations or statements made by can you fellow use your mic, please? Oh, yeah, just to carry forward the comments and statements made by my fellow commissioners and not to duplicate. Um, I think this is a overall strong master plan. I think the comments and statements related, are related to organic growth um, are not feasible in this scenario to the point as discussed as by the applicant in that the infrastructure cost would be significant and would shut down any feasible financially project that would be of the scale to change a city. So it's this is the opportunity to bring our city's grid back, and that's the right thing to do. Um, the other piece that I, I want to thank the applicant. I, coming in, I had lots of questions and concerns, and I think the staff and the applicant did a great job taking those that time and energy and effort to help address those questions and concerns and comments, um, and want to say thank you for that. Um, I also want to commend them on their creativity of maximizing every piece of real estate that's available to bring back the original intent of what would what Navy Hill would probably look like before all this occurred. And that is from the point of wrapping around parking decks and other structures. And I hope that this is a, the catalyst for other areas of the city to where we can do that. Um, as we kind of move forward, there's some comments I want to make, as uh, I do believe in this, but I think I'd like to ask the, that, the applicant to, when they take this into consideration as they move forward, and this is within our purview as a commission, and I, I've shared this with them already, so I just want to make it on a public statement, and that is, as we think about the open space, make it inclusive of all, what, from anybody from any kind of background or age group, and let's think about families, let's think about grandparents, let's think about accessibility, let's think about spending time down there. So to really think about putting more art in that space, and I know it's part of their, their, the principle here, but to consider how do you make art playful and interactive. Um, and then also, as stated by some of the folks here, you know, going back and ensuring that we are doing just to the history of what happened to this district initially and representing that, whether that be in art or some form of um, sharing for future generations when we're all gone so they know that what happened and why it happened. Um, and then hopefully it doesn't happen again. And then on a more tactical note, as they get more de detail from, as they move through this process, such as a traffic study, that they can take that data and, and help the organizations that are associated with it, such as GRTC or City of Richmond and Traffic, and help them, guide them to manage traffic and flow when large events come to the city so that they're successful, the experience is phenomenal, and people want to come back. And then I ask for two things that are not, or at least make a statement about two things that are not within my purview. Um, because it took the strength and it took the depth of the applicant that are here today when you think about folks like Mr. Farrell and um, what they did to, to pull this together. Um, and the scale of this and the impact to our city, it feels like a great time to fix some things that just aren't right with the city or maybe with the state. And those are things, the two things that come to mind specifically are ensuring that the issues of development and how that impacts LCI and schools can be addressed. I feel like there's an opportunity there and I hope that they take, take their momentum and energy and are able to apply and fix that. 
And the same thing on a more, again, more tactical note is allowing us to be able to leverage state parking decks on weekends so we have the capacity for great developments like this. And with that, I, I plan on voting on everything going Thank through. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Buchanan. Thank you. Um, I also want to thank the city staff and the development team for their transparency and comprehensive reports and briefings. I think it's definitely made our, our decision a lot easier as a commission. Um, the things that I really like about that are contained within the six ordinances are that it's consistent with the Pulse Corridor Plan and Downtown Master Plan, that it reestablishes the street grid. I like the transit center. I don't love the location, but I've already talked about that. Um, and I do like the attention to bicycle and pedestrian travel through downtown. I hope and expect that as the project moves forward, that we get to weigh in further with regard to urban design in a meaningful way, because there's still a lot of work to be done, and those details will really matter when it comes to this new urban experience downtown. And I do hope and expect that the Department of Social Services is integrated into this area in a way that is dignified and honorable. Other than those comments, I plan on supporting the six ordinances. Thank you, Mr. Hepp Buchanan. Ms. Reed? Ms. Reed, would you turn your mic on, please? The right hand button. There you go. Got it. Sorry about that. Good afternoon again. I'm going to try not to repeat the things that the other commissioners have said, but being part of the staff that has been in the negotiations with the project, I think it's very important to say the staff has put in countless hours as long, along with the developer and others, but the staff has done a heavy lift. And a lot of the protections for the city for this project is unlike other uh, city projects. So we can say lessons learned uh, from the past. Um, the city attorney's office has been at the table through the negotiations. The city attorney's office hired outside counsel to ensure protections for the city. The city's financial advisors have been at the table. And again, through our staff here at the city, um, working with the applicant, I think it's the best project that I've seen for the city and reviewing past projects for the city. Uh, I can say that city staff has heard the council and that there are projects for the city that they were not pleased with. They've heard the commission. And again, I think lessons learned. Being on the board of the Greater Richmond Convention Center, you know, it's impactful when you're losing 49,000 room nights. It's very impactful. It's impactful from an economic impact standpoint of those $10 million. That's lodging revenue that could be directed right here uh, to the city. Um, and in more support, not just when individuals come into the city, they're not just staying in our hotels, but they're eating at our restaurants and they're spending money in our shopping centers. And so when you look at the countless lost revenue, um, it's very impactful to the city. I'm looking forward to having that convention center hotel, a new arena, and we can't do those things without making sure these ordinances um, are supported. So again, I will support moving forward uh, for approval these ordinances to council. Thank you, ma'am. Ms. Greenfield. 
So I also support the proposed ordinances, and I don't want to repeat what most of my colleagues have already said, but I do thank the development team and the staff for all their work, and particularly the tour that really put in perspective for me how much this is needed in the downtown area. But I do also want to call attention to the affordable housing component and just say thank you. I'm very excited about that, amongst other things, and I just hope that momentum continues to carry, and hopefully we see excuse me, similar proposals for affordable housing also throughout the city. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Law? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I will keep my remarks brief. Um, if I took all the time that I needed to take, we'd have to order breakfast. I don't want to have to do that. Uh, I commend those persons who have been a part of this pre presentation and previous presentations relative to the Navy Hill project. I recall in a previous meeting, a question was asked with regard to what was the biggest threat to the success of this effort? And the answer was, well, um, the biggest threat really is public education or public schools not being up to par. I thought that was a very astute answer. I remember when the Trailways bus station was next door. I remember when this building did not exist, when the Coliseum did not exist. This building, I think, cost $17 million, and Coliseum might have cost a little more than that. And this took me back to a bit of history that covered more than 50 years. Ladies and gentlemen, I plan to support all of these ordinances enthusiastically. I will now take off my Planning Commission hat and put on my Taxpayer Citizen of Richmond hat. I was excited to learn that a team of people had gotten together and had taken the initiative to bring this project forward. I would be more than thrilled and excited to see a similar effort undertaken with regard to the public school system. The threat to this project can be eliminated with a few people putting their heads together and developing a plan to find out, number one, what will the citizens of Richmond support in the way of a public school system. Don't talk about funding, raising taxes, anything. What will the citizens support? Do you support small schools, smaller schools? Do you support reduced classroom sizes? Do you support giving more support to the teachers? Do you support paying the teachers a professional wage in order to assure that our children will be properly taught. That's an investment that I think Richmond does need to consider, and I think Richmond would be willing to make the necessary investment to assure that not only this project succeeds, but that the city becomes the city that we've all been dreaming about for the last several decades. 
Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I take my citizen hat off at this point. <laughs> Come back to being a compliance commission. And I wish we could vote for all six of them at one time. Well, Thank we, you. Any other member of the commission wish to make have any further discussion? I will say that our role as the planning commission is to consider the, the zoning, the surplus, the reestablishment of the priority streets and the street-oriented commercial districts, and the rezoning of the CM district. And that is what, we're, what our function is here today. And I appreciate all of the members of the public who stuck to that issue. And I thank you for that. I plan to support these six ordinances. But I also want to say that the coming together of the applicant, the commission, the staff, and the presentations to the general public in virtually any venue that the public wanted to hear has been most impressive to me. And I would ask that the applicant continue to do that as we move forward on this project. But I think that the, the, the voice of the commission in recommending to the City Council these six ordinances will begin the process and is our function. And with that, I will call the question and I ask on ordinance number 2019-213. All those in favor say aye. Aye. We're moving on to item number, that, that ordinance 213 passes. Ordinance number 214, as amended, all those in favor? It's unanimous. Big pardon? Need a motion first. So moved. Oh, very good. So moved by, was that you, Mr. Johannes? Yes. And seconded Second. by Mr. Thompson? By Ms. Greenfield? Second. By Ms. Reed. Very good. All those in favor? Two nine three. Mr. Law moves item number three. Is there a second? Second. Uh, I believe that was Mr. Murthy, but all those in favor of item number three? three unanimous. Motion on number four. So moved. Removed by Ms. Robertson, seconded by Mr. Thompson. All those in favor? We're unanimous. Motion on number five. Mr. Hep Buchanan. <laughs> <laughs> Seconded by Mr. Johannes. All those in favor? We're unanimous. And on motion on number six, item 219. Move the motion. Mr. Murthy, motion and a second from second. Mr. Thompson. Thank you. All those in favor? We're unanimous. Thank you very much. We have upcoming items, Mr. Secretary. Uh, yes, we do for our next regularly scheduled meeting on. Monday, October 21st, uh, we have two special use permits, as well as a, an urban design committee item, as well as some other items. And the staff report should be available to you tomorrow for those items. Very good. Seeing no other issues before the commission, we're adjourned. Thank you very much. <laughs>